It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael. Once again, it's nothing but the truth. I'm sure find it. And yes, I found the word of God. And uh, I guess maybe I should. All right, what is that good? You said the Psalms 22 is a good one for talking about election. What would be a good one for election, Larry? No. Because we're going to be reading about that, and if you're listening, um, of course, we read it before. Uh, okay, why not? Why not? Let's do Romans nine again. <laughs> Can never hurt to do it again. All right, I'm going to do Romans nine. Before we get going. We're going to be reading out of uh, A.W. Pink book, uh, uh, or short book, it looks like, a 115-page book on the, um, yeah, Ephesians 1, Ephesians, yeah. Um, There's a lot of them, isn't there? I think there was one about uh, Psalms, uh, Psalms that was a good one, I couldn't remember which you said it was 22 or 21 or something like that, or something that went along with uh, 110. But, um, let me do Roman 9. One take. I was going to start with the Word of God before we get into this, but this uh, this book, yes, uh, oh, there it is, it is Psalm 1. Psalm 22. That's the one I'm going to read. That. Um, I thought that was what it was, but go with the first bet. The first bet. Uh, first lunch. But uh, this book, yes, I uh, listened to it this evening. Needless to say, somebody is supposed to be resting and is definitely ill. I'm having an impossible. It's an impossibility to do so. So, um, I feel that God is working overtime over me, on me, so, uh, why not? Let's do this. I listened to this, and it was, I thought it was pretty impressive. Uh, a few things that might be of question. Um, I'm glad that Larry's listening, and maybe comment on a line at some, some point. It will take more than one reading, since it's 115 pages. Um, there's certainly a couple of things there that might be, uh, like regeneration that they bring up and all that kind of stuff, but I would like to hear Larry's input once again on it, because it's kind of an oxymoron. It's kind of a, well, I like you regenerate. Once was, always is, I don't know, but probably a term is not worth it, but we'll get to it, we'll get to that. The uh, Psalms 22, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? From the words of my roaring, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and I am not silent, but thou art holy. Thou art, O thou that inhabiteth the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, no man, a reproach of men, despised of the people. All they that see me 
laugh me to scorn. They shoot up the lips. They shake the head and sang. He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. But not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me around. They gape on me with their, their mouths as ravening and roaring lions. I poured out like water. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like the pot share. My tongue cleaveth to the jaw, to my jaw, excuse me. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me and assembled simile of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones and they look and stare upon me. <laughs> they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. All my strength has thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorn. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him. Fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before thee that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord and seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among nations. And all they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship, and all they that go down to the dust shall bow before him. None can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come, and they shall declare his righteousness unto the people that shall be born, that he hath done this. Quickening is a better word, yes, which is interesting. Well, um, we are going to get into this reading. I, um, well, for those who listen to me and my show, know one thing about what God has made me as an obsessive person about things. <laughs> and when I find something of value, I get obsessed about it. I can only call that it's a... As far as health goes, it's probably not a good thing for my health, but God made me the way I am. So, A.W. Pink, The Doctrine of Election. And he's also put me in a situation where 
I really literally do not have anything better to do um, than to read the scriptures and to um, and not that I've discovered that I ever did um, and to read this election seems to be a very important doctrinal issue and many of us including myself are not very solid of so table context there is an introduction and then it's that's number one and then or two or chapter two I would assume it's it's source three it's grand origin four it's veridity uh, five it's justice six it's nature seven it's design eight it's manifestation nine it's perception ten it's blessedness eleven it's opposition and twelve is publication the book looks supposed to be about 115 pages so it's not a big one but uh, I don't know if Larry has this or not, but I'll send it to him and anybody else that might show up if they want to read along. And if they don't, I don't blame them. So, yeah, I could... I could lay in my bed. I could uh, passively listen. But I listened to most of this, and I was like, you know, that's worth a read. And the best way to learn is... By doing it yourself. So earlier, I did have Adiola, and we were talking about a little bit about the Jesuits from Rome and their involvement with Rwanda and Croatia and Argentina. And I imagine the election has something to do with all that too. Introduction. Election is the foundational. Let me expand this so I can see it better. I always make it too small. Election is the is a foundational doctrine. In the past, many of the ablest teachers were accustomed to commence their systematic theology with the presentation of the attributes of God, and then a contemplation of his eternal decrees. It is our studied conviction after pursuing the writings of many other moderns that the method followed by their uh, predecessors cannot be improved upon. God examined before men and his internal purpose long uh, uh, a purpose long antedated his work in time. Quote, known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. End quote. Acts 15, 18, there's that Acts 15 again. That uh, chapter's been hanging with me all week. Um, yes, so it's going to be a bit of a struggle because it's not a book, it's the computer. So, And my eyes bounce around. So, the divine council went before creation. As a builder draws his plans before he begins to build, so the great architect predestined everything before a single creator a, a single creature was called into existence nor has God kept this secret locked in his own bosom it has pleased him to make known in his word the everlasting counsels of his grace his design in the same and the grand end he has in view When a building is in course of construction, onlookers are often at a loss to perceive the reason for many of the details. 
as yet they dis they discern no order or design. Everything appears to be in confusion, but if they could carefully scan the builder's plan and visualize the finished product production, much that had puzzled would become clear to them. It is the same with the outworking of God's eternal purpose. Unless we are acquainted with his eternal decrees, history remains an insoluble enigma. God is not working at random. The gospel has been set forth on no uncertain mission. The final outcome in the conflict between God, good and evil has not been left in indeterminate. How many are to be saved or lost depends not on the will of the creature. Everything was infallibly determined and immutably fixed by God from the beginning. And all that happens in time is but an accomplishment of what was ordained in eternity. The grand truth of election, then, takes us back to the beginning of all things. It antedated the entrance of sin into the universe. The fall of man, the advent of Christ, the proclamation of the gospel. A right understanding of it, especially in its relation to the everlasting covenant, is absolutely essential if we are to be preserved from the fundamental error. If the foundation itself be faulty, then the building erected on it cannot be sound. And if we are in error of in our conceptions of this basic truth, then just in proportion as we do, so will our grasp of all other truth be inaccurate. God's dealings with the Jews and Gentiles, his object in sending his son into the world and his design by the gospel, yea, the whole of his provincial dealings cannot be seen in their proper perspective till they are viewed in the light of his eternal election. This will become the more evident as we proceed. It is a difficult doctrine and this in three respects. First, in the understanding of it, unless we are privileged to sit under the ministry of some spirit-taught servant of God, who presents the truth to us systematically, great pains and diligence are called for it in the searching of the scriptures so that we may collect and tabulate their scattered statements on this subject. It has not pleased the high spirit to give us one complete or orderly setting forth doctrine of election, but instead, quote, here a little and there a little, end of quote. In typical history, in psalm, and prophecy, and the great prayer of Christ in John 17, which would have been a good one, the epistle of the apostles, and second, the, ex- the expectation of it, this presents a much greater difficulty For when the mind perceives what the scriptures reveal thereon, the heart is loth to receive such a humbling and flesh-withering truth. How earnestly we need to pray for God to subdue our enmity against him, our prejudice against his truth. Third, in the proclamation of it, no novice is competent 
to present this subject in its scriptural perspective and proportions. But notwithstanding these difficulties, should not discourage still less deter us from an honest and serious effort to understand and heartily receive all that God has been pleased to reveal thereon. Difficulties are designed to humble us, to exercise us, to make us feel our need of wisdom from, an, from on high. It is not easy to arrive at a clear and uh, adequate gas grasp of any of great doctrines of the Holy Writ. And God never intended it should be so. Truth has to be, quote, bought, end quote. Proverbs 23, verse 23. Alas, that so few are willing to pay the price devote to the prayerful study of the word the time wasted on newspapers and idle recreation these difficulties are not insurmountable for the spirit has been given to God's people to guide them into all truth equally so for the minister of the word and humble waiting upon God coupled with a diligent effort to be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, will in due time fit him to expound this truth to the glory of God and the blessings of his hearers. It is an important doctrine, as is evident from the various considerations Perhaps we can express most impressively the momentousness. Monumentous. I can't say it. Monumentousness of this truth by pointing out that apart from eternal election, there had never been any Jesus Christ and therefore no divine gospel. For if God had never chosen the people unto salvation, he had never sent a son. And if he had not sent, sent no Savior, none had ever been saved. Thus the gospel itself originated in the vital matter of election. Wow. Very good. Quote, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. End of quote. Second Thessalonians 2.13 We are we, and why are we, excuse me, quote, bound to give thanks, end of quote. Because election is the root of all blessings, the spring of every mercy that the soul receives. If election be taken away, everything is taken away. For those who have any spiritual blessing are they who have all spiritual blessings. Quote, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. End of quote. Ephesians 1, verses 3 and 4. I find this subject matter, folks, mind-blowing. Because what that means that anybody listens to this or is thinking about this or has thought about this seriously and Well, uh, well, it gives uh, well, it gives me hope. <laughs> it gives me. I actually feel like crying uh, because um, for the first time in my life, my life has real meaning. 
for the first time in my life, I have purpose. For the first time in my life, I now understand why I'm where I'm at, why things have happened the way they've happened. And um, I think my little boy, oh, I hope he's one of his elect. You know, uh, the thing about this election thing is at first you a bit of an arrogance that comes upon you. Prideful thing. But it doesn't last very long. I reassure you. And it's a humbling thing. And it becomes a responsibility a great burden and and a wonderful responsibility, a real responsibility of true meaning, magnitude. Mind you, most of us slave our lives away working and doing this and that and making sure there's food in the plate and electricity is on all that. It quite satisfies, does it? I know that God has his elect and that I could be one of those. But that's self-evidently, it must be. Why would I be... What, why, what on earth would I be doing what I'm doing? <clears throat> Here I am. A misfit in a man cave... God wants. Okay, it was well said by Calvin. Quote, we shall never be clearly convinced as we ought to be that our salvation flows from the foundation of God's free mercy till we are acquainted with his eternal election, which illustrates the grace of God by this comparison that he adopts not all uh, promiscuously to the hope of salvation, but he gives to some what he refuses to others. This is the hard pill right there, Swell. For many. He's been working on my soul for months now about this one. And if he's God, he's God. And that means he can do anything he wants. Period. <laughs> and there's really no point of arguing about it too much. Ignorance of this principle evidently detracts from the divine glory into the mysteries of the real humility. If then we need to be recalled to the origin of election, to prove that we obtain salvation from no other source than the mere good pleasure of God, and they who deserve to extinguish this principle do all they can to obscure what ought to be magnificently and loudly celebrated. End of quote from Calvin. It is a blessed doctrine for election is the spring of all blessings. This is made unmistakably clear in Ephesians 1, verses 3 and 4. First, the Holy Spirit declares that the saints have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly, in the heavenlies in Christ, that he proceeds to show why and how they were so blessed, is according to as according as God hath chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Affection in Christ, therefore, precedes being blessed with all spiritual blessings, for we are blessed with them only as being in him. We are only in him as chosen in him. 
we see then what a grand and glorious truth this is. For all our hopes and prospects belong to it. Election, though distinct and personal, is not, as it's sometimes carelessly stated, a mere abstract choice of persons unto eternal salvation, irrespective of union with their covenant head, but a choice of them in Christ. It therefore implies every other blessing and all other blessings are given only through it and in accordance with it. Rightly understood, there is nothing so calculated to impart comfort and courage, strength and security as a heart apprehension of this truth. To be assured that I am one of the high favorites of heaven imparts a confidence that God most certainly will supply my every need and make all things work together for my good. The knowledge that God has predestined me unto eternal glory supplies an absolute guarantee that no efforts of Satan can possibly bring about my destruction for if the great God be for me who can be against me it brings great peace to the preacher for he now discovers that God has not sent him forth to draw a bow at the venture but that his word shall accomplish that which he pleases and shall prosper whereunto he sends it. Isaiah 55, 11. What encouragement it should afford the awakened sinner as he learns that election is solely a matter of divine grace. Hope is kindled in his heart as he discovers that election singles out some of the vilest of the vile to be the monuments of divine mercy. Why should he despair? It is a distasteful doctrine. One had naturally thought that the truth of so God-honoring Christ held and so blessed had been cordially espoused by all professing Christians who had had it clearly presented to them in view of the fact that the terms predestinated, elect, chosen, occur so frequently in the word, one should surely conclude that all who claim to accept the scriptures are divinely inspired would receive with implicit faith this grand truth. Referring to itself as as becometh sinful and ignorant creatures so to do unto the sovereign good pleasure of God. But such is far, very far from being the actual case. No doctrine is so detested by proud human nature as this one, which makes nothing of the creature and everything of the creator. Yea, at no other point is the enmity of the carnal mind so blatantly and hotly evident. Let's <clears throat> think about that one. Let's just mull over that one more time. No doctrine is so detested by proud human nature as this one, which make nothing of a creature, that's you and I, and everything of the Creator. Yea, at no other point is the enmity of the carnal mind so blatantly and highly evident. Then isn't that the case? And aren't we trained throughout our whole lives in this Jesuit education system to think otherwise? To run around like little gods 
making our little messes. Although we do tidy up as we go, kind of. We commence our addresses in Australia by saying, <laughs> okay, Australia, why not? Quote, I am going to speak tonight on one of the most hated doctrines of the Bible, namely that of God's sovereign election. Quote. Since then, we have encircled this quote-unquote globe friend of Walt would not like that one. I don't like it either. Encircled this circle coming to more or less close contact with thousands of people belonging to many denominations. And thousands more of professing Christians attached to none. And today, the only change we would make in that statement is that while the truth of eternal punishment is the one most objectionable to non-professors, that God's sovereign election is truth most loathed and reviled by the majority of those claiming to be believers. Let it be plainly announced that salvation originated not in the will of man, but in the will of God. See John 1.13, Roman 19. Roman 9.16 that were in not so none would and could be saved. Whereas the results of the fall of man has lost all desire and will unto that which is good. John 5.40 Romans 3.11 and that even the elect themselves have to be made willing. Psalms 110.3. Loud will be the cries of indignation raised against such teaching. Interesting. Election is the truth most loathed and reviled by the majority of those claiming to be believers. And it's true, isn't it? We're embarrassed about it. We are embarrassed about election, aren't we? Because we've been conditioned to think that that's mean-spirited, judgmental, self-righteous. And it has nothing to do with us at all. This is God's will. How the heck do we think we have the right or privilege to apologize for God? We don't really believe in the word God, do we? Not to most of us. Did you ever think that maybe a lot of your our, our misery is because we don't honor God's sovereignty? That we fear men more than God? That we are more concerned about what men will say than what God will say. We're sick. We're incredibly sick creatures who are totally disconnected from reality. It is at this point the issue is drawn. Merit mongers will not allow the supremacy of the divine will and impotency uh, unto good impotency and impotency 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 excuse me impotency uh, I can't you can't I can't blame my health or the time and I it's just Impotency, unto impotency, unto the good of human will. Consequently, they who are the most bitter in denouncing election by the sovereign pleasure of God 
are the warmest in crying up the free will of fallen man. In the decrees of the Council of Trent, dun, 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 dun. I bet you they won't mention the Jesuits, but I will. When you think of the Council of Trent, think of Jesuits. Wherein the papacy definitely rescinded, excuse me, definitely defined her position on the leading points raised by the reformers on which Rome has never rescinded occurs the following, quote, if any one should affirm that since the fall of Adam, man's free will is lost, let him be accursed. It was for their faithful adherence to the truth of election with all that it involves that Bradford and hundreds of others were burned at the stake by the agents of the Pope. Unspeakable, unspeakably sad it is to see so many professing Protestants agree with the mother of harlots in this fundamental error. Well, we can chalk that up along with heliocentricism and everything else. We can also see that the a doctrine of election was attacked during the time of the Reformation and the Counter-Reformation in Trent. And basically everything coming out of the Council of Trent that man knew was attacked. Do you understand this, folks? Science, religion, society, God himself. This is insane. And I'm not saying, like, what I just read is not true. What I'm saying is insane that we are this insane. But whatever aversion men may now have to this blessed, blessed truth, they will be compelled to hear it in the last day, hear it as the voice of of final, unalterable, eternal decision when death and Hades and the sea and dry land shall give up the dead, then shall the book of life, the register in which was recorded from before the foundation of the world, the whole election of grace, be opened in the presence of angels and demons, in the presence of the saved and the lost, that voice shall sound to the highest arches of heaven and to the lowest depths of hell, to the outer, uttermost bound of the universe. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Revelation twenty fifteen. Thus this truth, which is hated by the non-elect above all others, now we know where Freemasonry really was created for is the one that shall ring in the ears of the lost as they enter their eternal dome. Ah, my reader, the reason why people do not receive and duly prize the truth of election is because they do not feel their due need of it. There do need of it. <clears throat> it is a separating doctrine, the preaching of the sovereignty of God as exercised by Him in foreordaining the eternal destiny of each of His creatures, serves as an effectual flail flail to divide the chaff from the wheat. To quote, he that is of God heareth God's word. And to quote John 8 and 47. Yes, 
no matter how contrary they may be to his ideas. It is one of the marks of a regenerate, regenerate, or a quickened, that they set their seal that God is true. Do they pick or choose? As will religious hypocrites, once they perceive the truth is clearly taught in the word, even though it be utterly opposed to their own reason and inclinations, they humbly bow to it and implicitly receive it. And would do so, though, not, not another person in the whole world believed it. But it is far it is fair otherwise with the unregenerate or the unquickened <laughs> as the apostle declares quote they are of the world therefore speak they of the world and the world heareth them we are of God he that knoweth God hears us he that is of God heareth not us he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And quote first John four verses five and six. We know of nothing so divisive between the sheep and the ghosts as the faithful exposition of this doctrine. If a servant of God accepts some new charge, his wishes to ascertain which of his people desire the pure milk of the word and which prefer the devil's substitutes, let him deliver a series of sermons on this subject, and it will quickly be the means of, quote, taking forth the precious forms of vile, end of quote, Jeremiah 59. It was thus in the experience of the divine preacher when Christ announced, quote, no man can come unto me except it be except it were given unto him of his father. We are told, quote, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him, end of quote. John six sixty five and sixty six. Truth is truth it is Time many of his disciples went back. Excuse me. Truth it is that by no means all who intellectually receive quote Calvinism in a quote as a philosophy or theology give that by no means all who intellectually receive okay, Calvinism as a philosophy and a theology give evidence in their daily lives of regeneration. It equally true is it that those who continue to Calvin or to cavil against and steadfastly refuse any part of the truth are not entitled to be regarded as Christians. It is a neglected doctrine. They're occupying so prominent a place in the Word of God, it is today but little preached and still less understood. Of course, it is not to be expected that the higher critics and their blind dupes should preach that which makes nothing of men. But even among those who wish to be looked up as, quote, orthodox, and the quote, or evangelical, the quote, there are scarcely any who give this grand truth a real place in either their pulpit, ministrations, or their writings. In some cases, this is due to ignorance, not having been taught it in the seminary. And certainly not in the, quote, Bible institutes, end quote, they have never perceived its great importance and value. 
but it, in too many cases, it is a desire to be popular with their hearers, which muzzles their mouths. Nevertheless, neither ignorance, prejudice, nor enmity can do away with the doctrine itself or lessen its vital momentousness. I can't say it. Momentousness. It brings, and of course, it's going to use somebody like me to do this one. Momentousness. And bringing to a close these introductory remarks, let it be pointed out that this blessed doctrine needs to be handled reverently. It is not a subject to be reasoned about and speculated upon, but approached in a spirit of holy awe and devotion. It is to be handled soberly. But when thou art in disputation, engage upon a just quarrel to vindicate the truth of God from heresy and distortion. Look into thy heart, set a watch on thy lips, beware of wildfire in thy zeal. E. Reynolds, 1648. Nevertheless, this truth is to be dealt with uncompromisingly, plainly, and irrespective. Of the fear or favor of man, confidently leaving all, quote, results, in the quote, in the hand of God, may it be graciously granted us to write in a manner pleasing to God and you to receive whatever is from himself. And that was the end of part one. And this show is called Nothing But the Truth. And gosh darn it, I had no idea it was going to take me to this point. But it is about that, nothing but the truth. And it's never been a popularity game here. And... um, All I can say is, all praise and glory go to God. What a ride. What a ride. All right, take care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.